Thank you for tuning in to Avant Life's weekly podcast. We hope this message inspires you, stirs your faith, and leaves you blessed. Welcome, everyone. We are on week two of a very exciting summer series that we have been doing, and the series is called Send Me. And we're discussing the topic of, of here I am, send me, which we find in a passage in Isaiah chapter six, which if you have your Bibles, we will turn to shortly. And Pastor Ben started us off last week, and he spoke about the call of God coming from the nature of the one who calls. And it's in this understanding of the call and of the nature of the one who calls that we are then commissioned. And so we're tracking with that whole process of of being able to understand the nature of the one who calls, hearing the call, and then being commissioned. And so if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6, and we're going to read from verses 1 through to 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Can you just imagine the majesty of God in that moment? At the sound of their voices, verse 4, the doorposts and the thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Last week, Pastor Ben shared the commission that we are all actually called to evangelize. We are all called to bring the gospel message of Jesus into this world. But the question was asked, are we equipped? Are we equipped to actually go about bringing a true message of Jesus Christ into this world? And over the next four weeks, we're going to be focusing on being able to identify where we are so that we're able to say, here am I, send me. Here am I, proclaims, helps us proclaim, send me. And so we're going to start this journey of trying to identify and, and looking through scripture that leads us to a place where we can actually say, here am I. To know where you are going, you have to know where you are. And the trouble with many of us is that from a spiritual sense, a lot of us don't know where we're going because we aren't able to spiritually locate ourselves. We don't have the ability to actually identify where am I at in my faith? Where am I when it comes to my relationship with Jesus? We must learn how to spiritually locate ourselves. Where are you today? Where are you? If you were to take a moment and and ask yourself that question, where are you? Are you able to actually say, here I am? 
This is, I know where I am standing. I know where I am standing in the presence of the Lord. And we're going to track with you to help us to be able to say, here, I'm, here am I. We find out through Isaiah and also through uh, the Gospel of Matthew, which we'll be turning to in a moment, that location is not the answer. Proximity is. It's our proximity to Christ that we find the answer to the question, where am I? And so if you can turn your Bibles to Matthew 4. We've been talking about the call of God. Specifically today, I want to talk about the call of Jesus, which we find in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. And it says this, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Pastor Ben said this, and we're going to focus in on this. The call and the commission is a progression. The call and the commission is a progression. And I believe the progression is found in the statement, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 18 it says, while, we, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. Why is this important? The Sea of Galilee had a huge fishing industry. Like it was like well known to be populated by the juiciest fish that you could catch and find. It was also a mixed bag of culture and language. Like people of that area were like, they were known to be given away by their speech. It's like when someone from Newfoundland rocks up, everyone's like, ah, we know where you're from. It was the same with those in that area. They were given away by how they talked. And so here we have Jesus walking the Sea of Galilee, and he would know who he's going to encounter on the way. Well, fishermen, obviously. It's, it's not like a mystery that you would find fishermen on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Yet here is Jesus, and he is about to call his disciples, the ones who would actually declare the truth of who he is to a world who would not believe in him based upon their religious understanding of God. So he's calling people that have to stand account for who Christ is in light of the religious understanding of who God is. Okay? And here he's found around the Sea of Galilee. Instead of finding disciples in the courts of Herod or in the temple or even in Jerusalem, he's in Galilee where fishermen hang out. He finds his disciples by the fishy waters of Galilee. We hear this statement in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27 to 9. Paul says this to the Corinthian church. He says, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Jesus's action of calling uncivilized, smelly fishermen is evidence of Paul's statement in his very decision of choosing what type of people he's going to call to be his disciples, he does so that God may be glorified. 
There are some of you today who you feel like you are one of those fishermen where you're just hanging around the same sea. You stink a little bit. You've got this like awe about you. You're definitely not found in the temple or in the courts or in Jerusalem. And you're like, why on earth would I be called out by Jesus to proclaim the true gospel message? Can I tell you? that you have been called so that you could bring glory to God, so that you could not boast in your own strength. It is with that humility that we are able to step into the statement of follow me and I will make you fishers of men. When Jesus said, follow me, he didn't tell them where they were going. It's not like, hey guys, when I come to Hawaii, like he's just said, follow me. The subject of that statement, the centerpiece of that statement was Jesus. It wasn't a location. It wasn't a destination. Jesus said, follow me. It's about the person of who Jesus is. Jesus is the center of the call of God. Jesus is the center of the call of God that we get to respond to. The call to follow Jesus is about proximity to him, not destination, for we could not go where he went. That's the truth. We could not go to where Jesus went. We could not go to the grave. We could not defeat the grave. Yet we've been invited to follow him, to be close to him, to be in proximity of the one who went where no one else could go. Even in the fact that Jesus is the center of this statement of follow me, he still places himself where the disciples are. And isn't just that the grace of Jesus Christ That even though that he is the center of the call of God, he still goes to places where people would say he should not be because of you, because of me. Jesus is found at the place where he's least expected by society to be to call disciples, but he does it because of his grace for us. He goes to them so that they may follow him. Their response? Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Immediately, they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. They left everything. The call to follow Jesus requires a laying down of selfish gain, of selfish gain. And here, these disciples, they lay it down. They lay it down. In responding to that call of follow me, they were in their actions responding to and in Christ's nature. Their response was to lay everything down. Who else do we know that has those actions, that has that nature? Their response to lay everything down is reflective of the nature of the one who's called them. Even in their response, they're stepping into the nature of Jesus Christ. Their action to lay everything down aligns with the nature of the one who calls. They stepped into his nature by their response. And it is one of selflessness. And in the call to follow him, they stepped into that nature of selflessness. Wouldn't we all choose to do that? That as Jesus calls us and our response would be one that aligns with his character, that our response to say yes would align with the nature of Jesus Christ in the very principles that we approach the call. They stepped closer to Christ's nature because of their response. When Jesus calls you and says, come and follow me, what type of character helps you step forward? 
Because we can all be like, yeah, I guess I'll go. But these guys literally left everything. I want to be like the disciples that when Jesus says, follow me, I'm like, I'm there. Like no hesitation, no ifs, no buts, I'm there. Because I want the nature of Jesus Christ to be determining my response to his call. They stepped into his nature. They didn't just follow his direction, but they followed his nature. And his nature is one of selflessness, of grace, of miracles, of forgiveness, of redemption, of kindness, of empowerment, of truth and majesty. And I could go on and on and on. Christ, when he calls us and says, follow me, he wants our very response to reflect his nature. They partnered their identity and their call and their commissioning with him by being in his life. Can I say that the emphasis is them being in his life? We often go, Jesus, would you be in my life? Would you be in my life? Would you be in my life? And it's like, oh, would I be in your life? Would I be in your life, Jesus? Would I be in your life? The call and the commission is a progression. The progression is found in the statement, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you. Last week, Pastor Ben spoke to the fact that often the reason why we don't hear the call of God is because we're spiritually deaf, um, which was true of us. The Gospel of Matthew focuses a lot on the teaching and preaching of Jesus. So when Jesus called his disciples, he was calling them into proximity to him so that they could uh, be with him, walk in his way, but very specifically so that they could hear him. Because he was a rabbi, he was a teacher, he was someone who used his words to teach and guide and disciple. Follow, hear, speak. Why did they need to have this order of things? To follow meant that they needed to hear. Now the purpose of them hearing for a rabbi was to create those who could then preach their teachings. Jesus, when he says, I will make you, he's saying you need to be able to open your ears and not be spiritually deaf because you need to hear the message that you need to proclaim. Hearing is the middle piece of actually the call of God. Follow me, I will make you fishes of men. Follow, hear, can you hear me? And then speak, then preach. Jesus called them to follow so that he could take them from being spiritually deaf and make them into preachers who would then bring people into the message of Christ. As you follow, Jesus makes you, based upon your proximity to him, able to hear. So you want to know how to be, like, remove being spiritually deaf in your life? Well, as you follow, Jesus makes you, based upon your proximity to him, able to hear. To preach Jesus, they needed to know Jesus and they needed to know what Jesus preached. Why? Because the world needed to know Jesus and they needed to know what Jesus taught so that they could know how to preach Jesus. How many of us, because we don't live in close proximity to Christ, don't hear him? And therefore, because we don't hear him, we don't have right thinking of who he is. And when we don't have right thinking of who he is, we don't know how to speak rightly of him. A lot of our lack of confidence when it comes to being able to respond to the call of God comes down to us not knowing Christ. That's the truth. 
Because if we truly knew Christ, we would know his teachings. We would know what he stands for. We would know his principles. We would know his wisdom. And we would be able to repeat that. The reason why so many of us feel like we don't have a message to bring is probably because we don't. We probably don't know the message. We probably don't know what it is that Jesus teaches us. Can I say you have been given all resources available to you to know what it is that Jesus speaks? To speak rightly about Jesus to this world, we must live closely with him in his life. We do this by following the way of Christ. What is the way of Christ? People say, yeah, but what does that actually look like? Well, he taught. He prayed, he spent time reading and meditating on scripture. He broke bread and shared the cup. He prayed some more. He ate and drank with those he loved. He spoke truth and rejected temptation. He fed people. He went fishing. He committed himself to the glory of God. He celebrated at weddings. He embraced the rejected and confronted the religious. He lived a life full, a life full on mission to the call of God for humanity. Romans 10, 14 says this, and it seems so obvious. It says, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Romans 10, 14, let's read that again. It makes sense. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them and how can anyone preach unless they assent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news you know before Jesus calls his disciples do you know what happened he was sent he was baptized in the name of the father son and holy spirit Jesus Christ himself was commissioned and it is the way of Jesus that we get to follow And so we must follow the way of his life and we find it in the gospels. Man, if you are not in the gospels, get in them. I just, I think that everyone should be reading about Jesus no matter where else they are in the Bible. Jesus says, I will make you by bringing you into proximity to me to bring good news because you have heard from the very mouth of God. As you follow, Jesus makes you based upon your proximity to him able to hear. Why? Because you need to fish for mankind. Fishers of men, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus making us into fishers of men is for humanity's salvation. That's the purpose. Even in Christ making the disciples into something, what I find interesting is what he says he will make them into by following him. You would think that having a look at these fishermen along the Sea of Galilee, and you say, follow me and I'll make you into something, that them denying and, and letting everything go, that would be like a blank canvas, right? It's like, sweet, I'm going to lay down all this fishery stuff and uh, I'm going to be a new me. I'm going to embrace the new me. Yet, even in the call to follow Jesus, even though it required a laying down of selfish gain, even within that, Christ did not remove who they were. They were still fishermen. Jesus himself validates it with his statement, I will make you fishers of men. 
He doesn't promise to make them something into what they already are not. Fishers of men. You might think that the noble thing to do was to remove that part of them. It might make more sense if these guys are going to be going into the religious places to proclaim that Jesus Christ is the son of God and is deserving of worship, that you would remove the fishermen side of things. Yet Christ doesn't do that. He doesn't remove them from being fishermen. But you know what he does do? He recommissions them. He actually recommissions them in who they were for different purposes. Jesus wants to recommission what has been in your hands for your hands purposes into his hands for his hands purposes. He has recommissioned them still as who God created them to be. He didn't remove the image of God from them. In fact, it's the convergence of Christ's nature and the nature of the disciples that we see the church of God begin to grow. At the Sea of Galilee, these disciples' hands caught fish. That's what their hands did. In Matthew 14, the same area, the same sea with fish, all the same. Do you know what happens in Jesus' hands with fish? This is what happens. Let me read it to you. Matthew 14, 19 to 21. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. These fishermen had been fishing at the Sea of Galilee to support their families, to feed their families, to have a little bit of cash in the pack pocket so that they could go do the things that they wanted to do. In Christ's hands at the same location with fish, not only were these fish put into the disciples' hands to hand out, but they were multiplied. In the hands of the disciples, the fish fed a family. Jesus recommissions the disciples by not removing their identity, but recommissioning them. And in the hands of Jesus Christ, the miracles start to happen. Do you know what I love about this scripture? Jesus did not hand out the bread and fish. He placed them into the disciples' hands. Man, what a leader. Like, I'll follow you any day, Jesus. He placed them into the disciples' hands so that they would be recommissioned as fishermen, people who have held fish before. They felt fish. They knew what it was like to hand out fish. And in that moment, they're recommissioned and miracles start to happen. And what happens? They're fishers of men feeding 5,000 men, not even including the women and children. That is the miracle working of saying, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't dismiss them. Man, like I feel like someone needs to hear that, that you have this identity that you feel is really from God. And you, you've been told that you need to lay who you are down and everything that you are down. But can I say Jesus meets you in how you were created? Like God created you to reflect his image. Yeah, you're not perfect. Welcome to the world full of sin. But Jesus meets you in your own identity, in your own humanity to recommission you into his purposes and his plans where miracles are found. It was in their proximity to Jesus that their fishermen hands went from catching fish to being a part of the miracle working nature of Jesus. 
The call and the commission is a progression. The progression is found in the statement, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus walked the Sea of Galilee. He created an opportunity for the disciples to respond to him. Jesus has and always will be the first one to extend himself to us. He always will. Jesus was present where they were so that they could be present with him. For those of you who have encountered Jesus and received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, our cry should be turned from be present with me to let me be present with you. Our prayers need to change. Our cries to God need to change. Not that he would just come into our world. He's already done that. But that we would be able to enter into him. That is his desire for us. That we would be able to enter into his nature, into his character, into his relationship. Let our cry no longer be, be present with me, but let me be present with you. This call of Jesus is the convergence of his nature with our nature. And it's not the rejection of you being created in God's image. You need to hear that today. It's the recommissioning of it. For some of you, you've, you've had the call of God in your life and you, and you felt the purpose of that and you had the passion for it and you felt excitement for, for it and something happened and life got hard and you made mistakes. Maybe somebody else made mistakes and it feels like a bit of a dead end and that you don't get to actually be the beautiful feet that bring good news. But Jesus calls. Mankind doesn't call. Jesus calls. Our God is the one that brings the call and he called us all in all of our failure, in all of our mistakes, time and time again. And for those of you who have felt like your time is done, time to get up again. It's time to get up again. You need to locate yourself spiritually and actually be able to start declaring again over your own life, here am I, here am I. But first, we need to know, we need to know that Jesus calls us where we are so that we could follow him into his nature. It is by God's grace that Jesus invited the disciples to follow him. And it is that grace that echoes here today, 2000 years later, so that we could hear the voice of God calling, whom shall I send? And in knowing the nature of the one who calls, we are able to respond in his nature, send me. The call and the commission is a progression. The progression is found in the statement, follow me, follow Jesus. Let me make you, let me make you into who you are and all that you can be. Church, we're going to enter into a time of worship again, but I just want to turn back to Isaiah quickly. And we see Isaiah's commission and it's a really like, it's a really like, there's a lot happening in this scripture. Like when you read it, there's, there's a lot going on. The seraphim were calling to each other, like calling to each other. Holy, holy, holy. It's not like, hey, holy, holy, holy. Like they're calling to each other. Holy, holy, holy. Like it's a loud sound. And when they do that, the doorposts and the thresholds begin to shake. Like, like I don't know if you've heard a building shake before, but it's not generally pretty quiet. And it's then filled with smoke. There's a lot of noise happening. And then you hear the voice of God Oh man, that rushing voice of God saying, whom shall I send? 
And if I was Isaiah, if, I, if that was me in that moment, I'd be like, yeah, here I am. Like, you've got to compete with all that's happening around. And the cry of Isaiah is not, yeah, here I am. It's here I am. Here I am. There's a passion and a drive behind it. And I believe that today some of you need to start getting that passion and drive to respond to the call of God again. He wants to see you completely competing with his own voice. Not that we could ever do that, but if we would just try, if we would just actually put some passion behind responding to the voice of God and see what he does with us. So church, as we worship, why don't you declare it out? Here am I. Here am I. I'm following you. Make me into someone with the nature of the one that's calling me so that you can send me. Would you just let Jesus speak to you right now? Would you just let him encounter who you are? Let him walk by your sea of Galilee, wherever that may be today. And would you choose to follow him so that he can make you, so that you can go within the call of God and be commissioned into the purpose over your life. We hope you enjoyed this message. We would love you to subscribe to our weekly podcast. Other ways you can connect with Avant Life is through YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out our website at avantlifechurch.com.